you want to Apollos? Are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. The word of the Lord. to the house. 
if your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, don't swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel reading is difficult, challenging, and perplexing. At least I found it so. Jesus' words are spiritually demanding. They're part of his Sermon on the Mount. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Matthew wants us to understand that when the disciples gathered around Jesus to hear the Sermon on the Mount, the Church was born. Because what is the church, Matthew would say, except those who are gathered around Jesus? And so the Sermon on the Mount was not meant just for those disciples who gathered around Jesus on that day. It's not a sermon preached long ago that may hold some theological or historical interest for us. No, Jesus was preaching that sermon to you and to me to all of us who are gathered around Jesus today. And that reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, those early Christians trying to live out the Sermon on the Mount. Paul sounds exasperated with the Corinthians. 
What was he trying to tell them and us? Jesus and Paul leave me with more questions than answers today, and so I'm going to offer my questions as a sermon. In our Gospel reading, is Jesus saying that it's a sin to be angry? Is Jesus saying that if we can't be reconciled with someone, that we're in big trouble with God? Does Jesus really want me to cut off my right hand if it causes me to sin? Is Jesus watching us like Big Brother, ready to pounce on any shortcoming, any hint of moral failure? Or is Jesus calling us to a deeper ethic of love? Is Jesus teaching us that every word we speak, every word, either helps or hurts our neighbor? Is Jesus saying it's better to be late to church because we took the time to reconcile with someone rather than arriving early to church full of resentment toward our neighbor? Is Jesus trying to tell us that being his disciple means seeking to do what is right and not simply avoiding what is wrong? Is Jesus pointing us past the letter of the law to the spirit of the law? Was Paul scolding the Christians in Corinth for failing to live up to the demands of the servant on the mount? Or was Paul challenging them to become a servant of reconciliation and right relationships? How are the Christians in Concord preaching the Sermon on the Mount? How can we become more and more the Sermon on the Mount? What was Paul saying about leadership in a community gathered around Jesus? Was he saying that a church should revolve around its leaders? Or was he saying that leaders are servants who are nothing? without their Lord. What about the church in Concord? In this interim time, are we only preparing ourselves for a new minister? Or are we also preparing ourselves for a new season of ministry? What did Paul expect from the church in Corinth? Perfection or growth? Did Paul expect the church to grow in numbers or in depth? And what of the church in Concord? What do we expect of it? Refuge from turmoil? Respite from the crises that beset our world? A place to encounter God? A moral compass? Companions on our spiritual journey? Strength when we're weak? Inspiration when we're discouraged? Music that lifts our spirits or quiets our souls? Endless opportunities to serve our neighbor? 
friends to console us when we mourn, someone to pray with us when we die, a place where questions are welcomed, a place where the gospel can take hold of us, a place that encompasses the mysteries of life and death, a place that joyfully welcomes children to the waters of baptism, a place where our children come to know Jesus, a place where life is lived Sunday to Sunday rather than Monday to Monday. Is there any other place in our lives like this place? How do we give thanks for this church with our time and our money? What will sustain this church? Who will sustain this church? And finally, is there a better way to end this sermon than with the prayer we sang as our sequence hymn? My God, accept my heart this day and make it always thine, that I from thee no more may stray, no more from thee decline. Let every thought and work and word to thee be ever given. Then life shall be thy service, Lord, and death the gate of heaven. Church and for the world. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we 
grace to the Diocese of Lusaka in Central Africa. For Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, and for reconciliation in the worldwide Anglican Communion. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks and pray for the ministries of St. Mary's Church, Barnstable, St. Peter's on the Canal, Buzzards Bay, St. Christopher's Church, Chatham, St. Andrew's Church, Edgartown, and the Union of Black Christophalians. Grant, Almighty God, that all those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, we pray that you infuse your love, wisdom, and integrity into all those in authority, especially Donald, our president, and Charlie, our governor. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, and grant that we may serve Christ in them, and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, we pray today especially for John, Jim, Jonathan, Martha, Susie, Robert, Annie, Jack, Arlene, Logan, Janice, Sarah, Aviva, Ralph, Vivian, Lynn, Jim, Edith, Will, Dottie, Thomas, Stephen, Claire, Ath, Catherine, Randy, Agnes, Alice, Joan, Franklin, Susan, Kathy, Ava, Aurelie, Ellie, Peter, Kirsty, Eric, Gail, Wynn, Harry, Aliona, Wynn, and Jenny, Edie, those without jobs, those serving in the military, all who work for peace, and all those who are suffering as they flee war-torn countries. Are there others? Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy all who have died, especially those we name at this time. That your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us join together in praying the prayer for our parishes found in your bulletin. Gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit guide Trinity Church in this time of change and transition. During this interim time, open our hearts to thanksgiving for this parish as we are now, and as we discern our hopes for the future. Guide our search committee to work together in patience and harmony as they listen for your voice. With gratitude for your presence among us, we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercy, 
altar is God's table and all are welcome to receive the music of God's name. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us and offering and sacrifice to God.
with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say,
eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have led us to the spiritual food in the sacrament of the body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. In the name of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.